I had a very strange childhood. I had the worst case any doctor had ever seen. My job is to keep healing. So that is the story. We all have remarkable stories within us. Stories of adversity, challenges, triumphs, and ultimately of healing. This is Your Health, Your Story, the podcast. I'm super excited about this one because, you know, we're talking about a lot of stories and this is what we'll be doing throughout these podcasts is really getting into the miraculous stories of healing, of innovation, of discoveries, of empowerment, of hope. Um, but, I, I, you know, everyone, every organization has a story and, and I want to tell innovative medicine story. And with me today, I have Mark Ivanitsky, Dr. Mark Ivanitsky, the co-founder of Innovative Medicine. And and we're going to go in a little bit and tell you this story. And and really, the story starts at childhood. And I don't know how many, you know, um, uh, owners and, and entrepreneurs could say this if they started a company together. But we knew each other as little children. Yep. How, how, I think we have a picture. And I have this somewhere of us, you know, as toddlers, basically, just like kind of, you know, looking back on a yeah. fady little photograph together. But of course, your father was a doctor. Mm-hmm. My father was a doctor, both immigrated here from Poland, um, knew each other, both lived in the area and everything. We knew each other since, you know, we were we were little yep. and we're family friends, seeing each other, a lot of each other on the holidays. And, and you know, but I, I don't think either of us after a certain point, you went off to college, right? You're mm-hmm. a year older. You went to Cornell mm-hmm. to go into medical school or you were pre-med at that time, Veterinary right? School. Veterinary. That's yeah. right. That's mm-hmm. right. That's what you were going in for. I went to Boston, went into school of management, just wanted to be the finance Wall Street guy. Um, but then, you know, that's where I think the, the story starts to pick up about innovative medicine. So you, can you give your side of the story of how things started when you started to see this could be an idea for a company because you have a story of healing it yourself yeah. that triggered this. Right. So give give me a little bit about that. Yeah. So I was uh, on track for veterinary school. I had gotten into veterinary school and uh, was starting to feel really unwell. I had, I've always had really bad allergies, but the allergies had gotten really, really bad. I was having a lot of GI symptoms. I was having a lot of uh, issues with digestion. I was having a lot of anxiety. Um, and it was kind of coming to a head and, you know, I grew up with, with, uh, you know, family of, of doctors. My, my father's a, a OBGYN, my mom's a nurse and they're very traditionally oriented. It's, it's pills, it's surgery, it's, it's the conventional kind of mind frame. And I remember just not feeling really, really well. And I came to my mom and I was like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I just don't feel like, I don't know what's going on. And she's like, you know, why don't you go see Tom Mignola? I was like, um, Okay. Uh, so I remember they were living on, um, your parents were living, um, on the Northeast side and I went in specifically first to see your mom, but then you're, you know, obviously your dad was there. Um, and, and to set the backstage, my mother's psychologist, yes. of course, my father's a doctor in integrative medicine right. by now, you yes. know, this was after his conventional days of just using pills and surgery. Right. I, I'm actually surprised your mother was like, was like, yeah, yeah, go see them again. I was actually surprised too that she, that she brought that up, um, but she's like, hey, why don't you go to, to Ceola? I mean, me. you had been trying conventional treatments, right? Yeah. I mean, I'd gone through traditional allergy shots. I'd gone through, um, you know, antihistamines. I'd gone through, um, you know, 
I've done you know, traditional testing for the GI and nothing really ever came up. I had barium enemas and swallows and CT scans and everything and nothing really was ever really coming up. Um, and so she had suggested that and uh, I went to go see your parents, to see your mom and your dad. And your dad, I remember he had his electric antenna and started testing me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is happening right now? What is even this thing right now? <laughs> and all this all this stuff. And I remember seeing all these essential oils and, and herbs. And he was doing Acmos treatments on me. And your mom was teaching me EFT. And I was like, this, I had never seen anything like that. I was, you know, not, not really raised around that. And I was blown away by it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. I just started getting super excited by all this stuff. And I would come back like once a week. Um, Sometimes it was multiple times per week. And then I remember your dad opened up his office. At the time, he was on a sabbatical. He opened up his office on the west side, um, sorry, on the east side, and uh, started doing IV treatments. And I started getting IV therapy. And I started feeling better and better and better. And I was like, what? This This is incredible. And then just one day, he just casually said, you know, I've been always thinking about starting a company to talk about this, this stuff and kind of bring awareness to the therapies that I'm doing. Um, do you want to do it together? And without a hesitation, I was like, yes, I'll, I'll do everything. And then at the time, I actually was still going to, it was planning on going to veterinary school and so I actually deferred for a year and then never really followed up with that. Um, but then we started the company and then he was like, you know what, uh, my son wants to join too. Let's, let's all do it together. And I was like, amazing. Awesome. Let's do it. So you had come back from Boston and we started working out of his office and trying to get, get the company going and trying to get, uh, the website up and trying to get, uh, and I remember those early days we were just kind of selling the different products he had in his office, um, the different Pecana and the Undas and, right. um, and so we kind of went on that journey and, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was really funny because I remember being up in Boston. I had graduated. I was in finance working at State Street Global Advisors in downtown Boston. I hated it. Uh, it was nothing like the movie Wall Street. I was sitting there just like hitting enter over and over looking at global FX rates and just making sure things kind of worked out something that I'm absolutely sure a computer does now for like the tens of thousands of people they employed back then mm-hmm. out of college to do this. But I was just kind of miserable and like at a crossroads, like this is what I trained, you know, this is what I went to college for and got my degree in. And what am I doing? And I got a call from my father. And he's like, Hey, you want to start a company? And I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, with Mark. I'm like, Marky, like, like Mark, I haven't seen in years, Mark, like mm-hmm. used to be like, you know, childhood friends, Mark. And, and he's like, sure, why not? And I was like, okay. And back then, I mean, this is 2003, 2004, you know, and y- y- you didn't really just start companies. You know, I went to business school and there wasn't even an entrepreneur class. It was only when I, not even degree, I'm saying a class to teach you how to like anything about it. That word alone was kind of foreign. Nowadays, it's like all over, right? Everyone's an yeah. entrepreneur. But back then it was like, well, what does that even mean? Like, what, what what do we mean? What are we doing here, right? Starting a company in this. I even then knew my father was doing different things because he had, you know, transitioned out of conventional medicine and moved over. And each year was more and more. Each year was like a step. And I knew he took that big step when I first started college of getting out of insurance and completely going into the integrative field where he was in pain management, accepting insurance, doing all that still doing some conventional mixed 
with more laser therapy and pain management. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I still didn't quite get it. So when I got this, it was more for me. See, your story is like, wow, I experienced it. This is crazy. For me, it was like, just get me out of this career I'm in because I'm miserable. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know at the time what I was getting into even. And you're right. We, I came back like kind of, you know, out of the blue, just being like, all right, leaving, put in my, you know, two-week nose. Like, they're like, what are you doing now? And I'm like, I'm going to go start a company in New York City. Like, what? Who does that at 22? Who goes yeah. and just starts a company? At, you know, and I was like, yeah, my good childhood friend and my father. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. And it was in the beginning. We were working out of his office on the Upper East Side. And we were at his front desk basically plugging away at like, you know, HTML code and yep. figuring out how to sell things at a reasonable price and how to ship them and this and that, packaging ourselves. Um, and we did that for what, a couple of years, right? Where we were just sitting out in front on the side next to like reception. Yep. I was helping out re reception at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, ev everyone now who owns a business knows it's always a side hustle at first, right? You need to get something else going and. I remember you were bartending or, yeah. Yeah, I was working at, uh, at Pop Pop in the city. Was the, us, uh, I remember server. that. Yeah. And and so the story started that Innovative Medicine was really because you went through it, because it was so unique, because we said, like, people need to know about this. But when we started, it wasn't really like that so much because it had to be a revenue stream. It had to be a business, right? That was first and foremost. And I remember even looking and I was like, hey, let's get like alternativemedicine.com because that URL was open. And it was just a you know, cheesy name, almost like just a descriptive name. But I was like, hey, we're going to get hits. I looked at, you know, into the data of, you know, how many people are looking this up on, you know, back then it, Yahoo was probably bigger than Google mm -hmm. <laughs> for a search engine. Ash Jeeves was around these others that you had to look at. But, but I wanted to push for alternative medicine. Do you remember who came up with the name Innovative Medicine? Because it I think obviously it, wasn't me. I think it was your dad. I think. Yeah. I remember your dad and your mom were like, we like this name. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And you got to give it to them because they knew it then. Like, again, for you, you experienced it, but you probably didn't know it all at that point. I only knew so much. I knew of the products. I knew what he sort of did, but I, I didn't gain an appreciation until years later for it, for what it was and how unique it was. And, uh, you know, I look back and I'm so happy we went with that name over alternativemedicine.com, which, which who knows yeah. what it would be today with that. But we started that way and Innovative Medicine, I always say, was just a high quality online GNC for more alternative medicines. Yeah. You got some homeopathics on there. You had herbal. You had good high quality nutritional supplements, things that were found in some practitioners offices back then that were just starting in integrated medicine functional medicine wasn't even around you know i think it was more called complementary medicine in the yeah. early 2000s cam, yeah. cam complementary right? and alternative medicine yeah and and that's what we start we built you help build the website out you knew html and everything and and that's how we got started but but i will say that was like just just a very small starting point for what turned into something much bigger and turned into and i think Again, it was a little bit, I don't remember having the discussion with you, but it was a little bit out of like, this isn't enough. Like just selling products doesn't really get across what we're doing. Yeah. And um, and also at the time, I think it was, it was a lot of those products Amazon started to sell after like a few years. We had laser products, remember? Skincare laser we got into. Well, I remember there was, there was a company, Forest Health, that yes. um, 
was doing a lot of the was was selling a lot of the pecan, a lot of the similar uh, you know higher end products. Um, and then we got into the laser. We started doing that pretty much full steam ahead. Yeah. And then um, and then Saluna came on board. And then we it, really it was re- like iterations. And at each point, it was like you know we pivoted because we sort of had to, right? Like for yeah. us doing better. I think Amazon started carrying some of the stuff. Like heel products were around back then. They got on Amazon. It was like, all right, how do you you know compete with that? Um, with the laser, it was great. That was a great product. We had Hair Max when it got FDA approved, mm-hmm. a hair laser. We had skin laser from Bure in Germany. Yeah. Um, but again, those started getting more competition. And then the skin laser was was a real laser that didn't really have FDA approval. And it was kind of like the FDA is like, ah, we don't right. want that out there, even though it was only five megawatts. Was FDA cleared? It wasn't FDA approved, right? And are you using it as a medical device? This and that, which, which you know, we had a com- complex relationship with the FDA over the years. Yeah. I'd have to say, because uh, that wasn't the first time they kind of stopped the product that we were helping to distribute and trying to help people with. And then we got into Saluna, which was a German, uh, you know, spagyric, which is like a homeopathic herbal product. And and it was at that point, I think, when we were doing that, we also started to go into the practitioner education side, right? Yeah. And for me, that was a big jump because we started to actually really engage with doctors and find out and travel to other places. You ended up working for one of the doctors after you graduated, um, you know, medical school with Dr. Beth McDougall. And she was one of the first, you know, pioneers, I would say, to step into innovative medicine when it was training doctors. But we we really went gung ho about that, and I know that was around the time you were leaving. So, talk about a little, a little bit about that because we had all this time together. It was like seven years, basically yeah. two of us almost in a company. We'd hire here and there a little person in the front or something mm-hmm. like that to help out or to ship out stuff. But I mean, you always had it in you. I think that you knew you wanted to go back to medical school. Yeah, I always knew that I wanted to go back. Even, you know, even from, right from day one, when your dad said, "Let's start this business," I always knew, and I, and I mentioned to him like, "I do want to go back to school one day." And at, in the beginning, I thought I thought it was going to be veterinary school. I thought I would go back to veterinary school. Um, and then as the years went on, I was like, "No, I think I think I want to go to to medical school." And then uh, you know, I was kind of toying with that, this idea. And then I remember we were at a trade show, and the president of NCNM came into our booth. Charismatic guy, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's his name? <laughs> oh, you should know this. I didn't go there. You did. <laughs> uh, well, he's no longer the president. Tim, Tim Schleich. Uh, uh, Tim Schleich. So I remember he, you know, started telling me about naturopathic medicine. And I was like, what is this? Mm. And he's like, oh, what's this? You know, it's, it's like conventional medical school. And in a lot of states, it's, it's licensed different in, differently in different states. Basically, you learn about pharmaceuticals, you learn about surgery, but then you also learn about homeopathy and herbs and physical medicine, and you can also do a side degree in acupuncture and Chinese medicine, and I just got really excited by that idea. Um, I remember this was at the Integrative Healthcare Symposium in, what, 2007 or? No, I think it was later than that. Later? It was only- you're right, you're right. It was... I think it was for the 10 or 9. 10 probably then. You're right. We started going, I think, in 2007 to those because I do have yeah. a badge somewhere. But but yeah, and and he just, he hooked you. He hooked me in and uh, I uh, just kind of got mesmerized by the idea of going to, to, to naturopathic school. And then I found out about this program in Portland and um, 
you know, Portland's a notoriously rainy place, but when I went for my interview, it was the most beautiful day in the world. I remember I could see Mount Hood in the distance with the snow-capped mountains, um, and was just like amazed by the city, and I was, I was, I was sold. So, um, yeah, we know we figured it out, and I uh, actually left active participation in innovative medicine um, to go full time back into school and do a degree in naturopathy and then acupuncture. It was a five year five year program, and uh, so went went down that route. You know, was really happy and excited by school. Really loved loved uh, Portland and loved learning, and then. Um, yeah, I mean, you were growing innovative medicine by leaps and bounds at that point. You know, things were changing so fast, and I just wasn't really connected to it. I didn't really know what was what was going on. But I would, I would, you know, get updates out here, things, and see things, and see how you know the pro- the product lines were changing, how more information was getting out there, how the site was changing, how um, things were really accelerating really rapidly, um, and how the you know the trainings had evolved from just trainings around Saluna, some more trainings around BAH, and your your dad's whole approach to medicine um, was kind of get, getting out there more, which was, which was exciting. Um, so yeah, and then, uh, you know, after school, I kind of had a decision to make on where, where I wanted to go. And since naturopathic medicine really wasn't licensed in New York at that time, and actually still isn't now, um, and it's fully licensed in California, where you can, make, you can do everything there um, that a conventional doctor can. I wanted to kind of experience that. I wanted to see what it would be like to be in a licensed state. And we found, you know, I'd asked you, were there any clinics on the West Coast that were doing kind of similar medicine? They were doing really interesting stuff. And you had mentioned Dr. McDougall and the Clear Center. And I had reached out to them and uh, they enthusiastically kind of brought me on board really fast. And, um, you know, they loved the idea of, of having having me there. So I, uh, you know, I struggled with the idea of, of, of where I wanted to be post-school and um, ultimately came down on going back to, to going to California and, and staying, staying in a licensed state and seeing, seeing how they were practicing and seeing, um, you know, their approach. Um, you know, Dr. McDougall is, is, is an amazing doctor and she's, she comes from a very, um, more traditional, I would say functional medicine approach, you know, with, with hormonal balancing and more traditional medicines, but her practice has, has evolved so much and it keeps evolving because of, the training she received around BEH and you know the, you know the Lecker antenna and you're and working with your father, um, so it was, it was fascinating to see kind of that evolution kind of in you know in real time, see how that was happening, how that was affecting patient care, and how patients were getting better on this kind of a more you know holistic BEH kind of approach rather than just conventional conventional uh, functional medicine approach. Um, and then I was there for three years, I guess two and a half three years, and. Really started missing my family. Really started missing the East Coast, and uh, you know, wanting to come back and kind of be more involved with innovative medicine, and kind of get um, get my feet wet back on the East Coast. Even though naturopathic medicine isn't licensed in New York, um, I took that gamble to come back to to see uh, if it can make it work and see um, see how we can move forward with with that. But uh, I, I enjoyed my time with 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 uh, Dr. McDougall and the Clear Center, and have nothing but good things to say about them. Um, but I think for me, it was time to to kind of come back to the East Coast. Yeah, and I'm gonna hit rewind really quick because when you left to go to medical school, I remember it. It's difficult to see co-founder you started a company with, right? Yeah. That, that you spent all this time with, basically all your twenties and everything then decide to leave, right? Yeah. And what are you going to do next? But I have to say, like, 
you look back on things and I've always been a true believer that, you know, things happen for a reason and uh, they happen at the right time, whether you like it or not. Right. And you could either go against it and pout and bitch and complain, or you could kind of go with it. And I bitch and complained for a little bit and then I went with it and it, it, it really worked out perfectly. I think that's the time where we brought, I brought on someone new, Ben, who was, mm -hmm. you know, an amazing uh, guy, went on to do the TEDx talk. If you haven't seen it, one deep breath, look it up. It's awesome. And, and we started to expand, you know, globally off of that. You know, we went into India, we went into Europe, we started training doctors elsewhere and it, and it really was one of these things that, you know, you see it as such like, oh, man, my co-founder is gone. Like, how is yeah. this going to go on? I don't know what life is like without him, like sort of thing. It's like a breakup sort yeah. of, you know, but it's not. And it was definitely amicable. And, and uh, you know, it's it's really awesome that you then became a doctor, right? And you're now practicing what we were preaching in a sense and, yeah. and going out and working with a lot of doctors we influenced. Um so that that really was like a pivotal time, but it was also such a time of acceleration and growth for both of us in our own ways. Yep. And to come back, I think, you know, that that's a really good lesson that you can separate from something and, and be back, you know, in a time and, and you can let go of things and go on your own path and find it later in life. It isn't like, you know, you need to stick with this or you're out or anything like that. Yep. And it was a really hard decision for me. I remember you know, agonizing over it and how is it going to bring it up and bring it up to you and your dad. And, um, it really, it really was stressful for me, you know, as because I knew your dad knew that I wanted to go to school, but you know, he, I think he was waiting maybe for the right time. And I don't know, I don't know. It's never the right time yeah. right, for these things. And that's the thing at the time, it seems like it's a wrong time. We need you here, right? We're just yeah. starting to get over this hump of things and yeah. it was the perfect time you knew it i think and and again that's that kind of like intuition heart feeling yeah. you know your head could mess with you and you could get all these thoughts oh no this isn't the right time they're going to be angry at me this that like but your heart just said it you knew it you right. know and and that was really cool and and you going to work with one of the first doctors we trained afterwards and now practicing and 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 having all this uh further you know medical knowledge and wisdom is is really great now I want to go into a little bit now because that that's basically the story up until now. And of course, we'll get into the next, you know, big things we're going to be doing. But, you know, you mentioned that you started working with Dr. McDougall and you've worked with other people and you understand, you know, this whole functional. And I, I have, a you know, sometimes a problem telling people what's the difference. I'm actually writing an article right now called This is Not Functional Medicine. So what is innovative medicine? In your experience, from medical standpoint, clinical standpoint, can you differentiate the two a little bit for the people listening? Yeah, I mean, you know, um, functional medicine as it is, exists right now in in you know America and the world is very um, is very data driven. It's very lab driven. Um, you know, it's it's maybe unconventional in that you're using labs that aren't traditional, and you're not you know you're you're looking at labs that aren't necessarily cover obviously covered by insurance but there's also you know looking at even even looking at traditional labs in a kind of a different way and looking at it more of a functional so the idea is that let's say you get a cbc back or or you know a standard hormonal panel back let's let's take tsh for example uh which is a thyroid stimulating hormone basically like the master hormone for the thyroid you know it there's a there's a uh a range which is considered normal for, for most doctors. Most conventional endocrinologists say, okay, if the TSH is anywhere between 
you know, zero and four, you're fine. You're good. Um, that's kind of the conventional wisdom, the conventional range where the functional medicine range says, okay, wait a second, you know, you're having symptoms of hypothyroid, of not enough thyroid, you're losing your hair, you've got dry skin, you've got constipation, you're fatigued. All these are huge, huge signs of hypothyroidism. And when we look at your labs, they're not outside of that conventional range and not, they're not above four, you know, they're not getting super, super high, but they're high enough to where we can say, okay, this is out of a functional range. And Dr. McDougall is actually, you know, brilliant at this. And she, she's came up, she's come up with her, her, her range where, you know, you stay, you stick around one, basically anything above 1.5 is, is considered a very tight range. And if the body goes, the TSH goes above that, it's considered functionally hypothyroid. So you're not traditionally hypothyroid, but you're functionally hypothyroid. And this, in those cases, she says, okay, let's give you like a really low dose thyroid. Let's give you like a super, super low dose thyroid and see how you feel. And the patients start feeling better. They start feeling amazing. And so that's, that's kind of a functional approach to, to, to thyroid. And you can do the same thing with all the labs and basically all the hormones. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's looking at labs in a different way, but you know, like you said, it is still conventional labs. It's, it's conventional testing, it's conventional blood work. Um, that's functional medicine in a nutshell. Your dad's approach, innovative medicine approach, you know, bioanalysis, uh, bioanalysis, residents of health, um, is, you know, looking at the body in a much, much kind of bigger way, kind of step back kind of globally and let, like, let's, let's step back even further. Like, let's see what's going on here and taking into account energy, energetics, looking at bioenergetics, looking at resonance, looking at how the body responds, looking at, you know, these more traditional modalities of, of Chinese medicine, Ayurveda that have understood the value of, of energy and how energy predates form and how acupuncture and how all the meridian system in the body actually predates any actual physical manifestation in the body. So looking at those higher level, basically, uh, higher level systems to then affect, you know, and, and making, making subtle adjustments there in those, in those higher levels to then have huge downstream effects on the body and kind of to reestablish self-regulation. The idea is, you know, even within functional medicine, the idea then becomes, okay, we fixed, we gave you this little bit of thyroid, you felt better, but now we're, we're managing your thyroid for the rest of your life, basically. We're going to be, we're going to be giving you, we're going to be adjusting you, altering it, and we're never really restoring your body's ability to heal its thyroid and produce normal thyroid on its own. Um, and so looking at even deeper, looking at these underlying factors, looking at energy, looking at energetics, looking at underlying causes, heavy metals, and, you know, looking at um, toxicity, looking at diet, looking at all these really, really, and not to say that functional medicine doesn't do these things, but kind of looking at these things um, more globally from, from a larger kind of bird's eye view, and then making, making subtle changes to the, where the body can then reestablish self-regulation on its own. Um, that's kind of the biggest way I've seen um, how I would describe maybe the difference between the two approaches. Um, and another approach, another, another way I would kind of describe the approach is that there's, I mean, your father has tremendous success. I mean, basically every single patient that walks in the door is going to be better. Uh, whereas the functional medicine approach, 80% of the people <laughs> get yep. better. And then you get, um, the kind of the outliers, which are hard, harder to read, 
harder to treat and um, don't really respond. You know, those patients that you've tried all these things and nothing's really working, you keep circling back, you keep trying new things. And um, so, um, any again, even in a functional medicine approach, a lot of the docs aren't really getting at underlying causes. You know, they're just trying to manage kind of symptoms um, in a in a more holistic way, in a, in a in a less invasive way, but still, it's it's management versus reestablishing self regulation. Yeah. Um, Two follow up points to that 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 just came to mind while you were going through that. You know, I'll I'll debate whether everyone that comes in here gets better because you have to truly participate to get better. So there are, of course, patients, this isn't for everyone because there's a huge role of responsibility in what you have to do in this. Yeah. It's not just sit back and cure me, right? We always say, you know, you're going to heal yourself. We're just going to guide you a little bit, but you got to do the heavy lifting. And a lot of patients don't want to hear that. They just want to be like, no, I'm paying you, you know, do this for me. And they may not get better, but I will agree with you that a high, high percentage of people that commit and go through with the complete program of treatment as personalized and comprehensive from innovative medicine approach will get better even in the most complex of conditions. Number two is the, I think the, the idea of what is success, because I know a lot of functional doctors, wonderful people. I don't put it down. I think it's an amazing step in the right direction from conventional medicine, applying diet, lifestyle, understanding things a little bit deeper. That is a great step, but a lot of it is symptomatic still. Like you said, someone had that, you know, thyroid was off. We gave them something. They felt better. They were going to continue to need that. You know, feeling better all the time isn't the definition of success in medicine. If that were so, you would just take OTCs all the time or just do drugs, right? Like hard drugs and you will feel better, but you'll be slowly getting worse, but you're just going to need more of that and, and everything. So the definition of success really has to be self-healing, self-management, and the absence of underlying causes, and of course, through that, the absence of symptoms. So it is this idea of health on all levels, body, mind, spirit. I always say if you're not happy, you're not healthy either, so you can't be just absent of most symptoms, but pretty depressed or you know unhappy with things because that is a stage of health, and I think we try and separate mental health from health when it's the same thing. You know, when you say you're not healthy, of course, that incorporates to me the mental side, emotional side, and even spiritual, you could say, which is more purpose, consciousness, all of that. Um, so I, 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 you know, I agree with you 100%. I think it's just a lot of times, you know, you'll have some pushback against, wait a second, you know, I get my patients almost 100% too healthy. And they get results. Like within a week, they're feeling better. And everyone's like, bravo. And you get the testimonials from all these people like, yeah, within a week, I felt better. Feeling better isn't necessarily healthy all the time because then five years down the line or something, you'll feel worse again, not connected to or correlate where that's coming from and say, uh-oh, something else popped up. Um, that is a little bit of the difference. But you know, looking at what an innovative medicine, you know, is, and again, coming from your clinical perspective now, not as the co-founder of it and everything, where do you think it really shines, you know, aside from the comparison of, of functional medicine, what do you think is that really unique point? Because you could say, listen, you could take functional, why don't you apply some energy medicine and some psychology and look at it a little bit differently, but it still probably wouldn't be innovative medicine. Right. Yeah, I think you know BAH by yeah. by analysis, residents of health 
You're saying that wrong for the second Bi- time now. <laughs> bioresonance, bioresonance analysis, analysis right, of how that's yeah. why B A and H, right? right? <laughs> um, I think B H is kind of really a revolutionary um, step that your dad took um, in in kind of changing medicine, <laughs> um, because uh, you know. You, with that, with BH and with with the the resonance tool of the of the Lecker antenna, um, your dad is able to pinpoint to to complete accuracy what the patient needs, uh, what the body's calling for. You know, there there are other there are similar similar concepts, right? Like with applied kinesiology. Yep. With um, Klinghart uses uh, ART. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these these ways of basically tapping into the body to then say, okay. We're trying to eliminate guesswork. We're trying to say, okay, what does the body need right now to to get to the next step, to get to the next step of healing? Um, and you know, th- these approaches work really well for these doctors because because you are getting to the, to the truth of the matter. I think with BH and with what your dad's kind of come up with, you really um, you you get to, to to the level of of fine tuning of the underlying cause, like like nothing else. And then you're able to then apply these amazing modalities that, that your dad has and that a lot of people use, but then apply them in in specific ways at specific times that then affects the body in the most beneficial way to then where healing is just really transformed. You know, they have heavy metals exist in the body. Okay, then there's infections in the body. But what are, what are we going to go after? It's like, you know, there's these all these things in functional medicine. It's like, hey, well, you know let's let's address the toxicity first and then let's you know let's try these supplements first and then we'll see how they do and then maybe let's then address uh the the infections as kind of a general approach but you know for for majority of people that may work but you know when you get an individualized patient in front of you you can really hone down with BEH and say okay what is it um that this person needs right now to get them to where they, to complete healing and i think that's Nothing that I've seen out there exists like that. Um, yeah. One of the things I've heard from, you know, lots of people, uh, doctors that we've trained and people from around the world that have gone through some of the training and understand it is that, you know, th- this is a highly systematized way of being incredibly specific and incredibly comprehensive. Yeah. You know, it's it's not that you're only looking at a few modalities and seeing, all right, which conventional drugs may be best or or which, you know, European biological or which type of energy medicine or which nutrients are needed or anything like that. You're going really, really deep and doing it quickly and with fine specificity to which one comes first, priority, how much duration, how many IVs of this would you need, what exact ingredients in the IV. There is no set protocol. There is only your protocol. Yeah. I was speaking to a patient the other day who went through the treatment here, got better after years of, of you know, different um, uh, diagnoses and uh, had fibromyalgia and Lyme disease, endometriosis, you know, so many different things and, and was, you know, went through the medical spectrum and realm of doctor to doctor and just got worse and worse, right? And, and she always said, she was saying that I don't fault any doctor. It's, it's just, this is what they knew. They, they had small toolkits and they, they tried their hardest and they were good people, but they were guessing off of a small toolkit was what she said. Yeah. Whereas, you know, this approach of innovative medicine is no guessing. We're not even using our knowledge of the doctors and the medical staff here and everyone that's trained. 
we're not trying to at all be like, I think it's just, we are asking your body, what does it need? And it gives an answer to us. And it's not our answer. It's you that dictate yeah. the protocol. And then you tap into a toolkit that has hundreds of therapies, right? Well, that's that's the other thing too. This is a huge part of it is that the toolkit is so vast. I mean, I, I have never seen a practice that has a toolkit this large um, with from you know herbs to homeopathy to IVs the the many types of IVs that you guys do the nutrient IVs the NAD the 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 uh, pleomorphic remedies uh, all the different energetic components i mean it's it's so vast um that i think for a lot of doctors maybe that may be even intimidating because you know it took your dad a lifetime to learn all these all these modalities and then he's you know incorporating all of them at once Wait, not at once, but incorporating all of them in the in this practice in some way, um, you know, in an in individualized format for each patient. But it's such a vast array of tools in the toolbox. You know, I haven't seen really any of the practice really use. I mean, even at the Clear Center, we use a lot of a lot of treatments, but um, I don't think we we come anywhere near the number <laughs> you guys are using. Listen, when I here. spoke to other doctors, like this is overwhelming. You yeah. know what I mean? I remember when we went to India and we were there training doctors who were working for a healthcare system, a large, one of the largest in New Delhi hospitals there and all specialists, top notch in India and everything. And and I remember the intro to my father before he got up was all about innovative medicine and showing all the different, you know, pieces in it from the conventional and surgery and everything. You still need to know all that, of course. And then going into the nutrients, going into this, going into energy medicine, looking at other areas such as geopathic stress, toxicity, you know, infectious, you know, all of this. And I remember one cardiologist got up and he's like, who is this God that knows all of it? Like, we know like a fraction of conventional medicine. That's all we need to know. And you're saying we got to know all of this. Now, my rebuttal to it, of course, is that you don't. You don't need to know all of it, but you do need to work with people that would, right? And I will say medicine is about collaboration, not competition, and not specialties. Because specialties don't usually work with each other. That's the problem I always hear from patients. They sent me to the neurologist, and then they sent me to the, you know, this specialist. And it just goes around in circles. And they're not really talking to each other. They're just like, go there and yeah. go figure it out. Maybe they'll have an answer, and they usually don't. And so I, I do believe that integrative medicine is about everyone coming together. That's the point of integration, having all the tools at your disposal and then being able to personalize that of course that's great because again a lot of medicine you you throw this word around and i see it too much is like science it's based in science right but at the end of the day it's a guess and it's a doctor's guess every doctor is going to be like well i think you should do this or i think you should do this right how much of science is like i think the answer is this Right. That, that, it doesn't seem very scientific to me. And I get it. It is because you're looking at such scientific things under a microscope and evaluating pieces to it. Then that's what makes it science. But at the end of the day, you're using that science and giving an opinion on it, basically, and then yeah. seeing how the body reacts with its trillions of different possibilities yeah. um, that, you know, I don't know if you'd ever get the exact right combo to truly get healing in a very complex condition with that approach. Well, you know, another thing we learned at school is that clinical clinical medicine isn't a science. It's it's really not. I mean, right. in science, you have you know A plus B equals C, and that's never the case with working with people. 
So even in clinical medicine, you know, conventional medicine, you know, if someone's got insomnia, oh, well, then they should, Ambien should work. This is amazing. Ambien, we've done all these studies. Ambien's amazing. And you try Ambien and it doesn't work. Right. And you're like, okay, uh, well, let's try uh, Lunesta. You know, and so it's it's that kind of uh, thinking, you know, I guess they, you know, they say it's evidence informed. So where they, they look at these studies and they say, okay, we're going to give this to you because there, are, there have been some studies that show that it does, does work. And we need to base it on something, so let's let, let's let's give it a shot. Um, you know, I think a lot of conventional doctors are afraid to step out of that model because, you know, it's not in the literature. It's, it doesn't you know we haven't no one's ever done it before. It doesn't you know there's no studies around it. You know, and so uh, they get nervous and they say, well, if, it, if there's no study, then it's not real and it didn't happen and we can't we can you can't try it. Right. And then when the patient the patient comes in and says, well, I went to this doctor and they you know, try all these herbs and all that stuff, and it worked. And I felt better. I was like, well, there's no studies around that, so it didn't, it didn't really work. But I feel better, and I did, I do, I did great. Yeah, but no, you didn't. Right. <laughs> you know, again, like, that's experience versus evidence. Right. Right. And everyone goes evidence-based medicine. We need more evidence-based things, and it's like, well, I disagree. I think you need more experience-based things. If people right. are getting better and truly better, where they're actually not needing it for the rest of their life and actually feeling symptom-free and feeling better without. Yeah. Any further intervention isn't that the best type of evidence you could have? Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at um, you know Chinese medicine, you know, three thousand years of clinical clinical use of herbs, and um, you know, huge success, but you know, there's no studies around it, so it doesn't work. You know, so it's it, that's kind of a crazy crazy thinking. Uh, I mean, I I'm not actually against evidence based medicine. I really like evidence based medicine. I love I love looking at studies and I love uh, looking at research and. Because it gives you it gives you ideas, you know, sure. it you know, and it and helps to validate in a lot of people's minds um, the truth. You know, basically, in you know, conventional medicine, the only truth is a study. That's the only truth they'll accept. It's the language of conventional medicine is is, is you know studies, meta analysis, and um, you know, so it's just the way it is. You know, yeah, you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna change that. But um, I think being open to, to different, you know, listening to patients and seeing what's worked for, for different people. And then maybe, you know, down the line, using those in a study um, and, and, and studying those things more, more um, accurately, I think is, uh, I think is great. But um, just to only use that, I think uh, you're limiting yourself and you're limiting the, the effectiveness of your approach to helping patients if, if all you're looking at is just is just conventional studies. Um, right. Going back to the Innovative Medicine Toolkit and how robust it is, uh, do you have any favorite therapies or ones that you've seen to be effective or just out there that you could kind of share through your clinical experience now? You know, any of the, any of the products around um, changing the, the milieu and changing the... Um, uh, the detox pathways of the body, I think, are probably you know the number one, and I think your dad would agree, is is getting the 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 organs of elimination on board, getting the liver, the kidneys, the lymphatic system, the GI tract, everything kind of moving um, and eliminating and kind of decreasing the the overall body burden of toxicity is anything you can do that'll do that is is I think number one and hugely important because um, once once you kind of eliminate those 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 barriers, the body can then start ramping up its own healing um once it's no longer like your dad uses that that analogy of the house that's covered in garbage and there are rats mm -hmm. everywhere you know yep. and, the, and the rats 
are kind of like you would say, maybe the, the microbes, the Lyme, the, the, GI, the gut bugs, the dysbiosis, the SIBO. And you're looking at the rats and you're saying, okay, let's, let's kill all the rats. But it's like, well, you know, the rats wouldn't be here if we didn't have all this garbage. Right. So why don't maybe let's clean out all the garbage first, clean up the house, you know, patch up these holes. Um, and then any, any rats that are left, we can kill, you know, one or two instead of hundreds of them. Um, so that's kind of the approach of, you know, the biological medicine approach, the kind of European biological medicine, um, which I think is, I mean, I would argue is maybe underpinning of innovative medicine is the European biological approach, which is also really something unique and new um, in uh, in our understanding of medicine. Um, so, yeah, I think any of those remedies are, are, are hugely important. The... Um, you know, the pleomorphic remedies, um, mm-hmm. the work of Enderlein, uh, all kind of uh, validate uh, the, that, that kind of biological medicine approach. How important is lifestyle change in all of this? I think lifestyle change is, is, is hugely important. Um, I think maybe more so on the mental, emotional side, like mm. we were talking about before, mm-hmm. um, than any kind of uh, anything else. But, you know, diet, exercise are, are, are really important um, factors. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it plays a big, play, plays a big role. In... A- any trends that you're seeing from the innovative medicine perspective that you're kind of, you know, getting excited about? Um, what do you mean? That, that are... I'm, I'm saying, you know, there, there are these trends now looking, of course, at like, you know, we spoke earlier before this podcast on the microbiome on, you know, yeah. stem cells on, um, you know, just new light therapies, I would even say, are, are kind of, you know, interesting in some ways. And, um, you know, advanced technology, even quantum computing, you could say, yeah. you know, doing sort of what, you know, humans are able to do now and finding out this information that we were talking about without guessing, but allowing a computer which up until now of course you you just couldn't do but anything there i you know i like i said i'm i'm, I'm i love the gut i love uh yeah the, you know the microbiome i love all the research just coming out now i had uh my mom was recently in the hospital she had a uh, pancreatitis and i was uh talking with her gastroenterologist and he's actually was really excited that i was a naturopathic doctor and we started chatting and he's you know the one of the top um endocrine uh, sorry gastroenterologist in brooklyn at my mm-hmm. hospital and he was getting excited about the microbiome and he was saying, wow, you know, all this study that came out. And he showed me a copy of, it, of actually just the recent 2019 August uh, Journal of Gastroenterology. There's all these studies on the microbiome. And he's one of the, the uh, only docs, one of the few docs actually in New York who are doing um, fecal microbiota transplants, you know, basically know. Re- reintroducing mm-hmm. um uh, healthy poop back into the yes. large intestine. <laughs> kind of weird. Yeah. If you haven't heard of this, that you, you didn't hear that wrong. You're literally <laughs> implanting yeah. poop yeah. into you. Basically, he he you know he goes in with um, during colonoscopy and kind of implants it in in the in the distal ileum mm-hmm. and, and kind of plants these kind of healthy bugs that then just kind of take over. Yeah. Um, so it's it's fascinating. I mean, he uses it to treat uh, you know really really serious case of C. diff or um, C. difficile infections are basically like hospitalized, um, hospital-acquired infections are basically that are not responsive to antibiotics. You know, they they just don't respond, which is scary because then it's like, okay, then the person can die like instantly. They basically just bleed out their, their colon. Right. Um, so that's, and they're having huge success with these, with these fecal transplants um, or intestinal microbiota transplants. So, um, I know I love, I love anything about the gut. And I think the gut is also something that is kind of the barrier 
for conventional world and the more of the functional you know natural medicine uh, alternative medicine approaches is the, is this something that's a lot of research coming out on now and more conventional docs are embracing the importance and seeing how diet and lifestyle affects the the gut and how the prebiotics and probiotics affect uh, the gut is is you know exciting um, that these huge studies are coming out or yeah. around it. No, there's a lot of science coming out about it, and you are right; it is bridging the gap a little bit. But I'll humbly disagree that it's not all about the gut, and there's so much else to it. Now, yeah. uh, I, it's not that I disagree with the idea that the gut health is incredibly important, but is so is every other organ's health brain yeah. health you know and you could say well the gut is the second brain well what's your first brain it's your brain right you know so put some attention to that and don't hyper focus on anything see the whole body as it is and look at all or we're all they're all connected yeah. nothing is separate you can't just look at gut health alone as we said the appendicitis pancreas all these others part of the gut you know but these are all separate organs and you could separate those and only look at the intestine the colon this the stomach but there's so much more to it in it. One of the things that I'm excited about and I'll throw out there is, is the idea of using more technology to drive something in more of an information therapy where you're providing information. So almost like homeopathy. A lot of people have a really hard time understanding homeopathy. And to most people, it's it's sugar, right? It's, it's what you're taking mm -hmm. water, something that's so... But it's really about breaking it down. There is information, right? And that's what you're trying to provide. You're not trying to provide a substance per se that is of a high physical quantity to then trigger something in the body. You're basically trying to provide whispers to the cells to what they need to do again. Give them the blueprint. Something's wrong with the cells yeah. because I feel sick. They're not working properly. So... Do you want to bring in new like workers to help with, with that? Or do you want to give the workers that are already there in your body the blueprint and information to do it right again? You know, it's it's like getting an IKEA shipment of stuff and you don't have the damn information to put it all together. Like you're screwed. Yeah. You're going to have a hard time putting that together. And unless you just even someone could tell you it, you don't need physical. Someone could say, number one, please pick this up and knock it in. And that's just physical vibration, you could say, of, of words. Over the phone, you ask for something, right? Um, so so you don't need much. But I know now a lot of the stuff we're doing now is very light-based, you know, and, mm -hmm. and light technology and using gemstones or certain, you know, specific enzymes and proteins that are you shine light through UV and it gives certain information through that because light is information. Our bodies know that. You know, try staying somewhere dark for a very long time and, and seeing what happens because the body does need that information to trigger so many responses. It's, yeah. it's the basis of a lot of life. Um, so that's something I'm like really interested in as I see it here being used in mm -hmm. the innovative medicine approach is, is that idea of going to the core, which is just information. What is DNA? If it, information you're seeing good results with with these technologies we are we are and patients are enjoying it first off they look really cool mm -hmm. you know you got lights on you and like all these things going so you visualize it right and you could see it and they, they, they make for good pictures and instagram posts from mm -hmm. patients uh but number two it's it's really getting to the core of things it is um addressing people and once the cells have certain information that is imbued into the body I mean, there are no side effects from this, right? If someone gives you the information to do something, you usually don't have a certain reaction to that um, that is negative. 
and it, it, it is subtle. So I, I will say the most kind of profound effects that we've seen are the ones that are subtle over time, day by day. It's not the sudden shift of anything that gets you. A lot of people say, you know, healing is nonlinear. It's ups and downs, but it's the subtle improvement over time and doing it in a way where the body is making those. You know, you subtly, you usually, in most cases, subtly get sick. It doesn't normally happen unless it's acute, of course, but we're talking chronic cases here. It's a subtle shift. It's, it's over time that every yeah. day you're getting a little sicker. Here we're saying it's subtly you're getting better, little by little. And I think that's, that's you know, the, the power of small wins. Um, and it, it, it's really interesting because it's, it's melding technology. It's taking a lot of ancient wisdom in traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, just, you know, so many different uh, ancient healing techniques, but applying it with technology, with what we have now. We are a technologically driven society. Medicine is very technology driven. But I think we use the technology to kind of force the body to do something. And then, right. you know, the body's like, well, I, I can't even do it myself. You're saying I have to do this. So um, that's what I find really interesting about yeah. it and what we're applying at Innovative Medicine. And, and that's the cool thing about Innovative Medicine. It's dynamic. A lot of people are like, oh, you just, you know, use nutritional IVs and acupuncture. It's like we don't even do acupuncture here. Yeah. And you know why? Because technology has driven new ways of performing energy balancing such as acmos which is a, a through a french engineer um that created this recently passed away but uh is an amazing kind of i would say um advancement even i'm not going to knock acupuncture it's very good you practice it you know about it but you could say that these th these ancient understandings are now being brought into modernized terms and I think a lot of the understanding also, you could say the words of the past are being into modern by things like quantum physics yeah. and the understanding there. So science is now just appreciating and catching up with and technology as well with what we had in the past and that melding together East meets West, the past and the future, you know, yeah. uh, and apply to the human body is really exciting, at least from what I'm seeing here in clinical aspects. What are some of the, the best tips you give to patients that you see that, that are kind of the patterns over particles? You know, each patient is going to have different advice. But when you see patients these days, is, is there anything you're kind of telling them over and over that you, you could share? Um, well, I do see a lot of um, adrenal fatigue mm. and uh, patients just kind of being burnt out through, yeah. through life um, and kind of through that um, – burnout you know lowered lowered uh, testosterone and you know hormones in general just kind of get tanked um so you know because i did work with dr mcdougall hormones were, were a yep. big part of our practice so um you know the other the other thing um is is diet you know dietary approaches to health you know that's a big hot topic for for people do you have a favorite diet i recently stopped eating meat and dairy okay. um just because i feel better on it i noticed that i just wasn't personally feeling as good heavier i was feeling heavier just sure more phlegmy just not as not as well to you um, some people yeah um which is you know kind of the opposite of uh of some of the more popular diets like the ketogenic diet right which is you know all meat all cheese all the time yes um so you know but it's hard because i i you know i i don't like to give my bias to to patients i want i want them to have the diet that makes them feel the best. Yes. Um, 
so even though I encourage a more plant-based, you know, you know, staying away from meat, um, you know, I don't, I don't like to, to push it, but, you know, for certain, for certain patients who are, you know, who got this intestinal dysbiosis or SIBO or, you know, there are specific diets that, um, that can be beneficial, um, that include, you know, less carbs maybe more, and more proteins, more fats that are just, um, that don't feed the, those overgrowth of bacteria. So, um, you know, we, I, I, I like to do talk, talk about diet with patients and see kind of what they tried was what, what, what's worked and kind of experiment with that with them. Um, all at the same time, kind of maybe in, injecting my agenda a little bit of, of getting more fruits and vegetables into the diet. Um, because, uh, no matter what, if you, you are eating meat or you're not eating meat, I think we just, we don't eat enough fruits and vegetables. Absolutely. Um, I don't, I don't care what diet you're on. Yeah. I think you could always include more yeah. fruits and vegetables. Yeah, totally. So, um, yeah, I would, I would say those are, that's kind of a big, uh, big recommendation I make. Um, you know, increasing water intake, you know, kind of yeah. the, the basics, you know. The ba I mean, listen, simplicity is always yeah. the way to go. I think everyone wants that, like, kind of cool, like, new thing you're going to hear right. that's going to change your life. You're not going like to find it. Like celery juice. Or... Yeah, like celery juice. Um, uh, <laughs> I think meditation is key, too. I try to encourage people to meditate, you know, having... Listen, this... if you're going to exercise your body, exercise your brain. Yeah. Meditation is exercise for your brain yeah. and your mind, right? Yeah. And And, and uh, emotional state as well. Um, so that's, that's excellent advice. I, I like to give my advice to most people is, is from Gary V play the long game. You ain't going to make a million in the first year, right? You're not yep. going to like, you know, you got to be ready to like hustle and kind of be patient. And if you're sick, I'm saying play the long game. Yep. Do not look for results in the first week. I don't even know if you should look results for, for the first month even. You know what I mean? You may go down a little bit if you start some medical treatments and that's just your body adjusting. It's yeah. getting rid of lots of toxins, all the crap in it. And it's kind of, you know, starting to move in a healthy, but sometimes as you know, if you have a dirty place and you start to clean, what's the first thing you do? You almost make more of a mess Yeah, and you, you got it. Then you could tidy it up afterwards. Um, so I always say like Gary V, like you're in it for the long run. You're in it for the marathon. Don't sprint this out. Yeah. What got you to a chronic state of sickness is years and years of choices of neglect or all these things. And it's not to put blame. Never put blame on yourself. Never feel guilty. But take responsibility and empower yourself. Yeah. Right? And then understand that this is going to be a little bit of a journey. But it's going to be my journey. And through this healing process that is long term and probably for the rest of your life because healing just goes on all the time we're healing all the time of course inside of our bodies yeah. that this is going to change me and evolve me into a higher state you know through the process itself so almost enjoy the journey too yeah. right the ups and downs of it all healing is like that but the end games you know it's going to be awesome every single patient i speak to is like it took a while i thought like coming in it'd be like a month or two and i'd be better but it's like you know the whole healing thing is a year or two but honestly to get to 98% better from where I was, I didn't even know if I'd get to 40 ever in my life again. And now it's like, wow, yeah. that is amazing. But it took a lot of work. So that's my advice, you know, to, to, to most patients. And, and it's the innovative approach, you know. And I, I do find so many parables with so many people out there that are kind of making big names for themselves off it. Like Gary Vaynerchuk yeah. and others that are, you know. Uh, giving the no BS and kind of the honest way about it. And I think that's the best we could do for, for patients. 
any products now that are kind of exciting you that you'd be like, hey, you know, try this out? Uh, I'm really excited by all the Biosynth and Tilly's products that yeah. are that are being, you know, Tilly's is the you know distributor for the Biosynth products, and, and, and that's electromagnetic protection, mostly right. in energy based products. We're actually going to have them on in a few yeah. weeks for a podcast to Great. talk about that cell phone protection, five G protection, just yeah. like all these things. Yeah, I think it's 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 such a huge huge uh, missing piece for a lot of people is the the constant exposure. Um, to Wi-Fi, to to um, electromagnetic radiation from your phones, from your computers, um, it's it's such a big you know piece. It's such a toxic piece for a lot of people that really, for for a lot of people, it's the missing piece. You know, people they, don't pick up on it, right? Yeah, and yeah. I and another piece that we see here, you know, and sorry to interrupt, but want to add on before you jump into anything else is geopathic stress, which also is a factor. It's it's the Earth's electromagnetic yeah. fields, and there are good and bad areas to it. We know. And addressing that, which I don't know too many doctors that even know about it. I don't yeah. know too many people that know about geopathic stress yeah. and that where you live can affect your health. And we've seen a lot of patients, especially those California patients yeah. living under fault lines, which are not good for you. You know, that is a huge piece to it. And it, when you address that, it's like, wow, that was the missing piece. So you're right. Yeah. That is kind of exciting because they address both sides of it. Yeah, and um, you know now they're they're the, with Tilly's with the new distributors. They're um, you know U.S. based. They're they're yep. um, enthusiastic. They're English speakers, and they're able to get this information out to to really critical information out to to people and help them with their health. So uh, all all the Tilly's products, I'm really excited about seeing all the new ones that are coming in now that Renee's in the U.S. and they're establishing manufacturing. Pierre, uh, Pierre, sorry, yeah. Peers in the U.S. are establishing manufacturing here in the U.S. Are the, you know the product line is going to be expanding more and more products for for laptops, for computers, for right Wi-Fi routers, everything. So it's it's exciting, exciting stuff. Anything else? I mean, Natavim is always up there. I was waiting. <laughs> when you going to say that? <laughs> um, it's a really, really <laughs> exciting product. I see it work really well for myself and for people. Um, you know, helping with energy, with fatigue. Um, it's just a really powerful uh, cognitive support as well, um, you know, with 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 memory and focus. Um, so I I really love the product. I think it's it's a genius product with with the NAD, but then all the other cofactors in it as well. Yeah, with the magnesium, the CoQ10. Um, so um, I'm really I'm really on board with that product. I really I think you guys did a great job. You did a great job. Well, thank you, good <laughs> with, sir. With that product. Uh, <laughs> And um, yeah, I'm excited to see see what other products your dad's brewing up and thinking about. <laughs> He's like a mad genius in a lab brewing up always something. But we were really happy about Natavim just because it, it was a, a labor of love. Took so many years to produce, and it, and it is you know uh, there are so many supplements out there, and I get those questions. We have a lot of competitors out there, and there are people like, oh, NAD isn't bioavailable. Of course, you did a whole great report on the bioavailability of NAD and being like the ultimate precursor in itself. But um, it was about the, the kind of combination, right? And again, to me, that's what people need to focus on. You can't single something out and apply it to the human body and expect it to just do all these things. You, you can't just give someone a meal on a platter of just one ingredient and be like, here, this is yeah. you know a great meal for you at a restaurant. Please pay me big dollars. Even though that ingredient may be great, even a steak needs other ingredients, needs seasonings, yeah. butter needs you know everything else to be good. So 
that was what was exciting to me. And I know I've been seeing a lot on each individual ingredient, like magnesium and memory, like coenzyme Q10 and, you know, mitochondrial health, of course. Yep. And thiamine and vitamin Bs, you know, for all take this every day. And, you know, Dr. Hyman and Dr. Axe talking about all these brain ones mm -hmm. separately. And it's like, oh, man, we got all of that. Plus, we got NAD in there also, which is to me, that's a really exciting new treatment. I mean, we have a lot of patients going on NAD and that originally was for um, a, a drug addiction. And, you know, but we're seeing it as just energy, you know, brain fog, cognitive function, all of that huge improvement as yep. part of a comprehensive treatment program. Now, they're a standalone, but part of that. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of cool because in my mind, that embodies the innovative medicine approach in a capsule that you could take that's completely safe and will impact your health on a whole. I've heard yep. people be like, I'm sleeping better. I'm digesting better. Uh, my skin is improved. It's like, well, yeah, when you put some of the high quality in the right combination of it, you'll see a lot of improvement. Yep. So that is pretty exciting. What do you, what do you see next up for like innovative medicine? You know, what would you like to see? And this is like a boardroom meeting now, uh, but, <laughs> but where are we taking it next? Where, where, where are you seeing it? Where am I seeing it? So you can go first. Um, you know, I, I would like to see it just keep expanding and growing and, and having more of the teaching, the teachings and the offerings and, um, being, being more available. Um, I know a lot of uh, a lot of people are doing online trainings and courses. You know, even Acmos now has a whole online course. Mm. Um, so, um, which is a really you know kind of more of a you think of Acmos as a treatment that you only can learn in person, but now yeah. they've got everything on online. So, um, I know I think I think you know expanding its reach and 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 teaching more docs and and um, I don't know maybe having a teaching institute just where people could come in and learn or maybe doing like some residencies here for, for docs to learn or I am you um, innovative medicine university. Yeah. Coming out 2030, um, you know, and, and then just, you know, trying to see if it, expanding the, the reach of, of, of the clinic, you know, cause right now, you know, it's this, this amazing space in, in this corner of New York, but the world is big, you know, and there are a lot of, there's a lot of need, a lot, a lot. um, uh, even, you know, even in the, the rest of the country. So um, I would say that would be that would be where I would see that yeah. going. You know, one, one of the things I see it and I'm truly excited about is just, just getting people's awareness and getting them to shift their mentality and what they think about medicine and health, right? I'm super excited for putting out additional products, you know, we're working on. I'm super excited for doing the educational pieces. I'm excited to connect and do these podcasts and everything. But the one thing I'm really excited about is when people get that aha moment, you know, after like hearing about this approach or hearing about a story or anything or listening to a podcast of, I'm kind of thinking about this all wrong. And we always, I always say that and we always say that, you know, there is no wrong question, but there are better questions. Yeah. And a lot of people are always asking, like, what's wrong with me? And, you know, what can I do instead of asking, why is this happening? How can I get myself better? Right. And how can I look at health, not as symptoms alone and everything like that, not understanding why and get in touch with my body a little bit more and understand how to preserve health, how to reverse it, you know, and start to cure the incurable. And when you have that mentality, you, you, it is about empowerment to me because I speak to too many patients that are frustrated, hopeless, and victimized. 
and they have nowhere to go, they say, and they're out of options when the truth is you have so many options. You are an option. You're everything going on in your body right now, as sick as you are, is amazing. It's like a miracle, like the trillions of things going on. And again, that that those are trillions of things going on in the sickest patients to keep you alive. Yeah. So when you could tap into that and you could start to shift your understanding of everything as innovative medicine looks at, as all these discoveries that we kind of, you know, put our basis on, look at the world, then you start to see the world differently. You start to see yourself differently. Yeah. You start to put more attention to your health. It was great. I was talking to one uh, patient that that was, you know, at the end of his treatment and feeling much better. And he was this English patient. And, you know, it's like, what is the one thing that, you know, that's changed for you. He's like, listen, I, I still love my pine of Guinness at the end of the day, and it brings me happiness. But I question it a little bit more now, and maybe I don't have it every day, and I don't have it with the fish and chip or this and that because I have much more of an appreciation now for it. I have an appreciation, and every time I take my homeopathic drops or something, it triggers me to be like, you know, bless this body and yeah. do the right thing and make the right choices and it empowers me with yeah. with the choices and so it's it's the combination i think of a new understanding a shift in awareness and then options to take action that's what i want innovative medicine to become to become a place where you are thinking differently about health medicine disease healing and that you are able to pull out certain actions, right? It's not just about coming to the center. That I understand is an action. You let the medical you know, team here do what they do. And of course, you're involved in it. But it's what are the little thing? EFT, like you mentioned, right? right. If someone doesn't Patient know, empowerment, a, yeah. right. If sh someone doesn't know about emotional freedom technique and they're dealing with tons of stress, tons of anxiety and having allergies like you did, GI symptoms, they're not empowered to make the choices to improve their own health at this moment. Yeah. So it, it's really cool when you could start to empower them. And EFT is just one of hundreds of things we talk about like that, that can absolutely uh, impact you in the right way. And when you have more choices, it's it, it can be better for you. You could see which one works for you, personalize it to yourself, right. start to understand yourself better. So that's the one thing I'm, I'm really excited about, too, when we move forward and and to have more of these discussions, you know, as we go forward for innovative medicine and get that out to the world. So. Any last remarks? Any last uh, you know things you want to get out there? Uh, I think we I think we covered it all. I think we got we got there. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see uh, see where the next ten years takes. Uh, takes oh, it's going to be another crazy ten years. Yep. I think I'll go back to school this time, <laughs> become a doctor like my father always wanted me to. Now, no, I love it. I love what we're doing. I love what you know telling this story to people because I, I again I think stories are are always empowering regardless of who they come with and and they give you an appreciation for something. So I'm really hoping everyone that listens to this um, gets a better understanding of what innovative medicine is about. And stay tuned for more and more of these stories from, you know, patients, experts, doctors, and, and, and a whole array of really, really exciting people we're going to have on. Dr. Ivanitsky, my co-founder, my, my childhood friend, thank you very much for being here. Thank you. Until next time. Yep. Awesome. All right.